Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue again in our Sermon on the Mount series with Matthew 5, 38 through 42. Jesus is in rapid-fire fashion correcting some of the errors of application of Old Testament law. He dealt with their hypocritical understandings and applications of you shall not murder and you shall not commit adultery, and also you shall not bear false witness or swear falsely by my name. Now he's going to deal with a misunderstanding of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The religious leaders of the day twisted this saying to justify taking vengeance in some situations, conveniently setting aside God's clear command that vengeance was for him and his appointed authorities, not for us to pursue. But people have also misunderstood Jesus' teaching here, taking the well-known phrase, turn the other cheek, to an extreme that amounts to allowing ourselves to be used and abused without complaint. Where is the true meaning of Jesus' teaching here? Pastor Jim is going to help us hone our understanding of this passage in today's piece of the message entitled, An Eye for an Eye. Jesus does not teach, and some people twist this passage to say that he does, but he doesn't. He does not teach that we should take no stand against evil, that we should just passively let it run its course in the world. That's why I read to you what Jesus did when he cleared out the temple. What was he doing? He was resisting evil. There was public evil going on, sanctioned by the pompous religious leaders of the day. Jesus made a whip, and he went in there, and no one resisted him. That's how powerful he was. He was resisting evil when he cleared that temple. He told us, Resist the devil, James 4, 7, 1 Peter 5, 9. Or Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Abhor what is evil. You shouldn't like it when evil happens. You, 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 you just call it what it is. We speak truth in love. 1 Thessalonians 5, 22. Abstain from every form of evil. So we we resist evil, we hate evil, we turn from evil, we refuse to let evil make us evil, but that's not the end of it. Matter of fact, um, another example, what did Paul do when Peter was guilty of bringing into the church an evil attitude of superiority? God had used Peter to reach Gentiles, and then some Pharisees who were the Judaizers, the ones that professed Christ, came and they were um, talking their stuff. And Peter quit hanging out with the Gentiles and started hanging out only with the Jews. In Galatians 2.11, what does Paul say? When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. He knew better. Paul told the Corinthians to Take a strong stand, strong stand. He said in chapter 5, verse 3 of 1 Corinthians, Remove the wicked man from among yourselves. He says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, If a man won't work, neither 
should he eat. We speak truth in love. We, we admonish one another. We resolve conflicts. That's what we're like. But what you have to understand is that those references all have to do with public application of justice and righteousness. They do not advocate personally getting even for what is done to you. It has to do with justice in civil matters and uh, holiness within the churches or within the church. But Jesus is saying here, if, if anyone wants to sue you, that has to do with your attitude someone, uh, to, towards someone who wants to deprive you of your stuff. Rather than resentfully contesting the claim, submit yourself to the court. That's the point. Let justice be done. But don't be fighting for your personal rights. Let God take care of that. He is your defender. Leave room for the wrath of God. You know that evil person who harms you, who takes your stuff, who damages your stuff, who, who harms your reputation? God sees that, and that person will answer to him. Trust me, nothing you could do by way of personal revenge would be as significant or as righteous as what God would do for eternity for that person. We have no right to hate the person who deprives us. Like I said, let God be your defender. Now, the shirt that he refers to here was the, the tunic that was worn next to the body, which uh, someone uh, could demand as a pledge for payment of a debt. That robe was considered so indispensable that when it was even given as a pledge for a debt, the law required that it be returned before sunset. It was that important because it would be used as a, as a cover. And for a poor person, that might be the only cover they had at night. So he's saying, don't be fighting for your, for your stuff, even if it's something that's pretty important to you. Love, even love towards scoundrels, that's what should motivate our hearts. That should show up in the way we act. It should, it should show that we want God's will for someone. That's what it means to love someone. So act as Jesus would act. Let them see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Force you to go one mile. That's a reference to the idea of conscription. Apparently it was, uh, and the word was actually invented among the Persians. It's a Persian word. That's a little bit of uh, trivia here that's, that's interesting. But conscription is where a, a government courier or a government authority can demand that you um, serve immediately uh, or that your animal be used. This was the word that was used uh, to describe Simon of Cyrene being compelled to carry the cross of Jesus. The soldier said, you carry that cross uh, for him. And Jesus is saying that rather than respond with bitterness or annoyance toward being pressed into service, do it with a smile. Give more than is asked. 
And my friends, I want you to know, acting like that, that's not natural. That's not what comes normal to us. That's supernatural. That requires a kind of righteousness you're incapable of. It requires that you understand how much you have been forgiven and therefore how forgiving you can be. When he says, give to him who asks of you and don't turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. Another application, same principle. There doesn't have to be anything in it for you. Serve other people as if you're serving God. Wow, what a concept. Let them see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. If you are harmed, it is perfectly acceptable to pursue legally whatever remedies are available to you, but not taking your own revenge, not exacting your own pound of flesh. Trust God. Is He going to take care of you? Yeah, probably better than you would. And He knows what you need even before you ask Him. Oh, wait a minute, I can't say that. That's in chapter 6 of the Sermon on the Mount. This is God. He will take vengeance. Civil government is a minister of God to you for good. They are to implement civil law. Personal relationships, that's not exactly the same. Romans 13 verse 4, the Apostle Paul uh, says that civil government is a minister of God to you for good. And then he goes on to say, Romans 13, 4, for it, referring to government, it is a minister of God to you for good. If you, but if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. But it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath upon the one who practices evil. That's exactly the same as what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether to a king, as to the one in authority, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and the praise of those who do right. For the sake of God's righteousness, as well as for the sake of human justice, believers are obligated to uphold the law and to be on the side of seeing that others do so as well. One of the reasons that we've commented on the, the, uh, the, the civil justice movement is because it, it's not really seeking God's justice. It's saying, we've decided that wrongs have been done and we are going to mandate a punishment for that. It, it, it's being God. If you obey God, every evildoer needs to be punished doesn't matter what their skin color is. It doesn't matter what their, what their motivation was. The evil act needs to be punished. That's justice. When you start putting adjectives in front of justice, you're just saying, I get to determine how that justice is, and that's a denial of what God says. There are people who've been wronged. That does not excuse rioting, such things. That's just... I'm just going to show you how mad I am. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.